Welcome to First Words, a podcast presented by the First United Methodist Church of Florence. Today's message is brought to you by Associate Pastor Rev. Dr. Terry Stubblefield. Today we're talking about love, love, love. And we're talking about the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13. Let me read to you from 1 Corinthians 13. Paul says, if I speak but do not have love, I'm just noisy. If I have the power of prophecy, if I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, but if I do not have love, I'm nothing. If I give away all I have and I give over my body so that I may boast, if I don't have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Hope never ends. We know only in part. Now we see in a mirror only dimly. And I know only in part. But now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, and the greatest of these is love. Now we talk about love all the time. I love banana pudding. I love ice cream. I love steak. I love Alabama and Florence, the beach. I love college basketball and football, Auburn and Alabama and Tennessee and Kentucky and UNA. I love my wife, my kids, my grandkids. I love my church, this church, and all of you. We have books and magazine articles and dating sites all devoted to love. Now, what about songs? 60% of all songs in the modern era are about love. 50% of all songs in the classical era are about love. And since the year 2000, there's been about 400 top 100 songs about love. In fact, there's probably been over 100 million love songs recorded. Now, in a poll about the best songs to say I love you, we have the following results. And I want you to think about your favorite I love you song. These are the ones that came in the poll. Crazy in Love by Beyonce and Jay-Z. I Love You by Celine Dion. I Love You More Than Words Can Say, Otis Redding. I Just Called to Say I Love You by Stevie Wonder. And then there's also polls about the worst love songs of all times. And one of the songs in this poll, and I'm on my personal terrible song list, is Escape the Pina Colada song by Rupert Holmes. It's about a married couple who find each other so boring, they put in classified ads. Today, they would do eHarmony or Match.com or Just Lunch for a random hookup. They arrange the meeting, the hookup, and who answers the ad? Each other. Lady in Red by Chris DeBerg was voted by Rolling Stone as the most annoying song of all time. Every Breath You Take by the Police is known as a stalker song. Paul Anka has two songs on the worst love songs of all time with You're Having My Baby and My Best Friend's Life. I mean, come on, really? Muskrat Love by Captain Keneal, about two muskrats named Susie and Sam that fall in love. It's just silly. And talking of silly, what about silly love songs by Paul McCartney? It is silly, and it mentions the word love 33 times. And last but not least is Something Stupid by Frank and Nancy Sinatra that's been called the worst love song ever ever written, and it's sung by a father and daughter. 
Ugh. Well, in our scripture for today in 1 Corinthians 13 reminds me of a movie. In Wedding Crashers, where Owen Wilson and Vist Vaughn are best friends, and they crash weddings as a way to meet girls. And they develop these elaborate cover stories to charm the crowd and become the life of the party to a wedding that they have not been invited to. In an early scene when the bride's sister will read scripture, Owen says to Vince, $20 is 1 Corinthians 13. And Vince replies, double or nothing, Colossians 3.12. Well, I just read 1 Corinthians 13, and you know those words, love love never gives up, love cares more for others than self, love doesn't strut, love doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, and on and on. Well, Colossians 3, 12 through 14 is a verse that we also use a lot in weddings. Chosen by God for this new life of love, God picked you for compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline, be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive, love, never be without it. Well, I would have picked 1 Corinthians 13, one of the best-known chapters in the Bible, the love chapter, and the bride's sister reads... 1 Corinthians 13. This Bible reading is often used in weddings. It's easy to understand, or is it? And it's a beautiful expression of love. And we know when to use it, but we do, do we really fully consider what it's saying? It's easier to read than it is to do, like many other things. Well, consider these two questions about the text that we think is so simple and easy to understand. The last verse reads, these three remain, faith hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Now, all of my life, and my dad was a preacher, I've been taught that faith in Jesus Christ is the key to everything, the most important thing in the Bible. But this verse says that love is greater than faith or hope. Well, if love is the most important thing, why does this scripture text imply that we're still missing something? It tells us that love is what life is all about, but It tells us we only see dimly. We only know in part. What are we missing? What's incomplete about us and love? There's something deep within us that knows that love is the most important thing. Love gets overlooked in our busy lives. It's easily forgotten in our priorities. But the really significant moments of our life, love always rises to the top. Another movie, a Hugh Grant movie, Love Actually, Hugh Grant plays the Prime Minister of England. And when he's depressed, he imagines Heathrow Airport in London, where he sees uncomplicated love, people hugging and people saying, I love you. Now, remember 9-11, when the planes hit the Twin Towers, the messages just prior and after were not messages of hate or revenge. They were all messages of love. What's important? It's love. We all know how important it is. We know it's the key to relationships. We know it's what gives meaning to life and that we all live in the hope that our lives will be filled with love. But there's a problem. As much as we want love in our lives, we're all fumbling through life trying to figure out how to do this thing called love. Think about it. Why do some of us dread going home for the holidays? Why do we have such a hard time expressing love even to our wives, our husbands, our kids. And why in raising our children we become so frustrated, sometimes we don't even know what love looks like or what love acts like. Well, the simple truth is that we all need help with love. And I'm not talking about the e-harmony kind of help, but the kind of help that helps us to tap 
into the source of love itself. In the hard times, in the painful times, when we're full of bitterness and anger, it may not help to look deep within ourselves to find the capacity of love. We can lose the will to love certain people in certain situations. Maybe we need to change the way we think about love. After thousands of years of history, if there was a secret into tapping into the love within us, surely we would have found it by now. It's not for our lack of trying or for wanting to love. Maybe we're looking for love in all the wrong places. That'd be a good title for a song. Maybe we're not the source of love. Maybe it does not come from within us. Maybe it comes from something outside of us. And that would explain no matter how hard we try to force some sense of love from within us, it's just not there. The good news is what we call the gospel, is what we call the word of God. The good news is that many people can work through this love thing. Things can change only when we look beyond ourselves. We need help, and we need to realize that, to find a way to love when we can't find it from within ourselves. And it's our faith in God that becomes a conduit, a connection, a pipeline to God's love, which allows love into our relationships. So, This helps us to answer the question, how can love be more important than faith? 1 Corinthians tells us that faith is the instrument and love is the goal. That makes love the greatest of these. But we cannot forget, and this is critical, that while love is the greatest, greater than hope or faith, we may not be able to love without faith. Now, 1 Corinthians doesn't stop there. There's a warning label on love. The writer of 1 Corinthians points out, as great as love is, we're still missing something. We only see dimly and in part. When we look in the Bible for other related words to love, we find the word compassion. And in Hebrew, the word compassion also carries the meaning of womb, W-O-M-B. To love or have compassion for someone is to give birth to something. The more love is shared, it nurtures that which was born in us. There's a life-giving quality to love. Love may give birth to something else, something new. We may not control or fully understand where the journey of love will take us. Our life is filled with twists and turns, highs and lows. We won't always see the results of our love. Again, the writer says, we see dimly and know in part. But what we do know is that we should always have the hope that love shared is never in vain. Love always nurtures new possibilities within us and between us. So we pray from this text today, 1 Corinthians 13, that the words remain with us and that God's love flows through us as we accept faith and hope and love. So may God, the source of love, the love shown by Jesus Christ, show through us as we live to change the world. Thank you for listening to First Words. For more information about our services or how to get involved in our community, visit us at fumcflorence.org or facebook.com slash florencefumc.